Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Did you hear about the psychic that escaped from prison? What? No. What happened? There was this crack in the wall and she was able to squeeze her tiny body through. Whoa. Now police are worried about the small medium at large. (laughs) (laughs) It's spoop hour. to spoop hour our weekly podcast about spoopy and creppy things things that go bump in the night or are just a little bit weird we are sasha and courtney you might have noticed something a little different if you're a regular listener something strange what was it was it the terrible joke no you fools it was our christmas theme music (laughs) because we always have a terrible joke (laughs) duh Duh. Um, (laughs) william rankin our incredible composer who wrote our main theme music without either of us prompting, goes, I also made a Christmas version in case you guys want to do holiday episodes or something. Right? And, <laughs> it's like, what? And I'm like, well, now we have to because this is fucking amazing. Right? Thank you so much, Thanks, Will. Will. <laughs> um, once again, that's William Rankin. He lives down in Florida. 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 And that came out real Irish. Um, <laughs> and he's a great person who is not Irish, but he will direct your band and write your music and writes really good podcast theme songs. So hit him up, give him money, and it's worth it. Yeah. Every fucking penny. You know things that might not be worth every fucking penny? What could not be worth every fucking penny? Going to see a psychic. Yeah, that was some... So today we did our... shit. Today we did our first ever very special spoop hour field trip, and this is something that we've been looking forward to for a while. And we have a lot to say about we it. We have so many thoughts and feelings about Because we this. were looking so forward to it, and it was just... <laughs> Honestly... Oh. I'm not even disappointed because I did enjoy it as an exercise and as just like a thing that was happening. So in the passive way that I sometimes enjoy movies, even though it's like, this is no fine art, but it's entertaining. Yeah. Using that same part of my brain, the same part of my brain that loves sliding doors, that part of my brain really enjoyed this. Or like going around and around in like a revolving door and you're like, yeah, this is fun. I'm going in a circle. Yeah. Like I'm just getting a small joy out of it. I was specifically referring to the Gwyneth Paltrow film, Sliding oh. Doors. Jesus Christ. Which is one of my favorite rom-coms. Oh. And that is a deep, dark secret that I don't think I've ever said out loud until just this it's moment. A it's a movie. And oh, now... So, now I feel like an idiot because I actually really do like <laughs> revolving doors. No, I was going to go with it, but then I was like, oh no, oh, I'm no. going to show you this movie. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's amazing when I need to feel feel or when I'm just feeling kind of sappy and schmaltzy and I need to watch some attractive people fall in love, this is the movie that I go to. Which is probably still money More, well spent yeah, compared it is, to... It is on Netflix now and I do have it on DVD, so it's technically free at this juncture, <laughs> unlike the psychic reading that we just went to. So our local down-the-street psychic tarot reader with the neon sign in the door invited us to her home today. 
We did um, not get murdered. We did not, as you can tell. No, these are our ghosts. <laughs> although there is a ghost here. And we'll go into that in a second. But apparently her office, the heat's out. So she invited us into her home to do our palm readings. So we went, we gave her our hard-earned American dollars and had her tell us things. And in the case of one of us, they were some upsetting things. Yeah, so if you follow us on our Twitter, at Spoop Hour, <laughs> you may have caught me live tweeting, just like waiting for Courtney to come out. She and did then... make it sound like I was being murdered and she was next in line at the slaughterhouse. Yeah, okay. I'm like, oh, we've been separated. I'm just <laughs> sitting on a couch. <laughs> well, because we looked at each other, like we go in and she goes, who wants to go first? We were like, um. And we looked at each other and then I was like, Sasha's probably uncomfortable to want to go first. Mm-hmm. Remembering back in Japanese class when I was always the one to go, go first because nobody else wanted to do it. Right. And I was like, I'll go first. I don't care. So I was like, we'll do it again. <laughs> so I charge on in. She leads me into her dining room. First of all, this woman's house was one of the bigger houses I've been in in my life. Yeah. It had a three-car garage. A three-car garage that looked small compared to the rest of the house. We're clearly in the wrong <laughs> business. And also, like, the very first thing that I noticed when we walked in were her Louis Vuitton earrings. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, the first thing I noticed when we walked in was the fact that her boyfriend or husband was laying on the couch and then quietly went upstairs so that the couch would be free for her. <laughs> sat on that couch the room smelled like cigarettes and it was probably from the boyfriend or husband who was right. on the couch or brother i don't know some or some, some dude. dude some dude was on the couch so she takes me back into her dining room she's like have a seat at the table she had a low glass table and then a dining room table and the low glass table had two no joke white fur covered stools yeah and i was like was very swanky very well decorated navy like blue and gold space pottery barn catalog yeah. came by to take a picture last week fancy yeah very clean house very clean eerily clean house almost as if it wasn't their house at all just kidding it was totally her house because she was squirrely about giving me the address anyway at first i thought she intended for me to sit on one of those stools and i'm like if i have to sit on one of those fucking stools it's going to be very uncomfortable because they're clearly the kind of thing that you don't actually sit on they're for decoration right there were these weird low stools and i'm like i'm not gonna do that so she was like just have a seat at the table and i'm like does it matter which seat because she also had a dining room table but i was just focused on this glass table with the stools and i'm like if i can i'm gonna sit on the cushioned bench and then she's like, no, wherever's fine. And then she's like, actually, let me close the doors. And then she went and she led me over to the dining room table and pulled out the chair she intended me to sit in. And I was like, thank Jesus. Yeah, and I was glad that you guys had already done that because the chairs were very yeah. clearly pulled out. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so you're welcome. <laughs> so we sit down and she's like, hold out your hands, put your money in the one, and then make a wish, make two wishes, one of which you keep to yourself and one of which that you say out loud. And I'm like, literally the entire time, I'm like, okay, Courtney, think of a single wish that's not going to give too much away, because I didn't want her to use that trickery on me and guess, oh, she wants a promotion at work, so she's clearly stressed out about her work or whatever, and then, like, extrapolate things about me Yeah, I kind of did the wrong thing, because <laughs> I was like, I, all I could come up with was, like, one really lame question, and it, like, I think gave too much to her. Whereas mine was, I want to travel to all the places I want to go. And then I did the Miss America, America wave wave. <laughs> and cried and accepted my crown. And so, and then she's like, okay, put your money on the table. <laughs> so that was a fun exercise. So then she's like, hold out both your hands. So I do. She doesn't touch them. She, she just peers at them very intently and periodically looks at me. And she goes, well, I can see that you're a really good person. You're very honest. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, you have a quick temper. You're very hot tempered, but only about things that matter, which is not true. Those who know me know that I simmer 
I will stew in my rage for years and then finally get angry. So most people in my life have probably never seen me get truly white hot angry because I don't allow it to happen. Right. Like, have you ever seen me fully angry? Mm-mm. Yeah. And Sasha's known me for like 15 yeah. years. So it's just not a thing that happens right. very often. But she stews. I know that much. I stew. Yeah. yeah I'm a, I'm a, I will stew all day and all night and for weeks. You're probably delicious. I probably am. I'm yeah. really well seasoned and my meat's so tender. <laughs> <laughs> so she's staring at my hands and telling me things about myself that are only semi-accurate, taking some big wide swings, talking about how I've had so much love in my life and so many people have loved me, but I've only ever loved one person. And sometimes they, I thought they loved me and sometimes I thought they didn't, but they do love me. It's just not in the way that I was expecting. They don't show it the way that I thought they would. And I'm like... Sounds fake, but okay. okay. Like, I've dated, for realsies, two and a half people in my life. The half is for the boy that I dated in high school for two months who came out of the closet our freshman year of college. And then the boyfriend before this one and my current significant other. So maybe not a trail of heartbreak at my back. But, right. you know, whatever. She tried. Big swing. And she talked about the confusion in my current relationship. And I'm like, I mean, not really. And then she found her story thread the one that she was just going to keep tugging until she unraveled the deep, dark secrets of my soul. The only problem was I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about. So she goes, so three years ago, something happened to you. Your life was supposed to be going better, but this bad thing happened and things have just been not great ever since. They haven't been bad, but they've just been, they've been off. So what happened three years ago? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Since three years ago, my life has gotten pretty good. Like, I'm in a stable relationship. I have a pretty good job. I have a podcast with my roommate. Things are pretty good. I have a cat living my best life. Um, And she's like, no, what happened three years ago? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, trying to think of, like, anything. I'm like, pick something, Courtney. Pick something at random. So what happened three years ago? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Right. And so finally, I'm like, okay, I think I might know what it is. And I told her something that would have upset me six years ago and would have thrown off my life. But three years ago, again, pretty good. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, your chakras are a little out of alignment. She's like, have you ever had your chakras aligned? And I'm like, no. And she goes, do you know how to align your chakras? And I go, no. And she goes, do you know what your chakras are? And I go, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, well, they're supposed to be colors. And one of yours is a little dark. And there's this negativity, but there's also, we're going to get to what that negativity (laughs) was. was. This is like, oh my God, it was an experience. Uh. And you have to understand, we're now at about minute 11 of this podcast, (laughs) which is longer than my entire reading was. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I had to pull up my phone to like, see what our timestamps were. I tweeted at 6.04 yeah. that we're getting our palms read, and at 6.05 I said we were, we've were we been separated. And then at 6.26, when we've already been in the car, and I'm pretty sure yeah. like we were already like on our way to dinner, yeah. at 6.26 I said, wow, that was unpleasant. That was a Lamau. thing that happened. Yeah, so uh. we were already in the car for a couple of minutes at that point, so yeah. we were maybe in there for about 15 minutes yeah. total. Yeah, so probably like an eight or nine minute reading each. Yeah. So... After I, like, guess at what, whatever negativity, she's like, there's, there's someone here. Um, have you lost a family member or friend recently? Like, there's some, there's some spirit around you that wants the best for you and has been trying to help you and trying to communicate with you. Do you know who that could be? And I'm like, no. And she's like, do you have anybody who's recently passed away? And I'm like, no, we're all still alive. And she goes, well, thank goodness for that, but... (laughs) 
But, and like, no joke, the first thought my brain had was, is it Carrie Fisher? <laughs> is Carrie Fisher watching over me? Oh. Princess Leia, give me strength. Give us strength. Give us strength. Car- Carrie Fisher, give us strength. And then she's like, yeah, this ghost, haven't you felt it? Like, she said that so indignantly, the way I would say, don't you know your shirt is red? <laughs> like, how can you not know this thing? Don't you know the sky is blue? And it was, don't you know this ghost has been trying to communicate with you? And I'm like, is she just going to keep asking me this until I give her some inv- indication that I f- felt this ghost? So I finally go, I guess I just wasn't paying close enough attention. And that seemed to satisfy her. And then we moved on to the two people. There are two main pinnacles in my life. And one is a person who cares about me very much. And one is a person that I feel pity for and who's dragging me down and who shouldn't be in my life that much. It's me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She is. Because, like, I was like, uh. And she's like, so who are these people? And I'm like, aren't you supposed to tell me this? I don't know. And I'm like, um, I guess my significant other is the person that I care about, and then, um, I don't know who would be the person, and, like, I was full-on pulling faces at this point, because I'm like, don't laugh, Courtney, but I have no clue what's happening. It's and I, micro-expressions, Courtney. Yeah, my micro-expressions were going, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? <laughs> and I could not even, like, pull a name out of my ass and be like, oh, you know who it is? It's Kyle. Kyle, I just feel so sad for him and his llama farm. You know, like, I couldn't even make some shit up. I was just like, I don't know who that would be. And she's like, well, this is a dark figure in your life, and you need to tone down the amount of time you spend with them, but you just feel so much pity for them that you're spending all of this time, and it's just pulling you down. But there is good news in your future. It does it does get better for you. In the next few months, your life's going to get really, really good. So just remember that, because you're going to go through another couple of bumps in the road, but but it's gonna get it's going to get so much better for you. And I'm like... Okay, and then she's like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, what kind of hand do I have? Because I read on the internet there are air hands and water hands and fire hands and earth hands. And she goes, I don't do that kind of palm reading. That's a very common question that people ask me, but I read the spiritual element, not the physical hand. And I'm like, oh, then that's probably why you got so much shit wrong. Oh, um, it's also really frustrating because we wanted to know what kind of hands I know, had. literally the only thing, the whole ride over, all I was saying to Sasha was like, I might be a fire hand, but I might right? be an earth hand. Courtney was so excited I was about this. so excited. I've wanted to know since I was in the sixth grade and I had my palm reading book that I got from the Scholastic Book Fair. It's been years. It's been almost 20 years and I still don't have an answer. And that's unacceptable. So then I was released from her clutches. She did try and encourage me. She was like, I have people who come to me every day. I have clients who come to me every day to realign their chakras. And I just think you would really benefit from that. And I'm like, ha that chance. I would rather go to therapy. Right? Like, and I do go to therapy. So, like. Joke's on you. Joke's on you. I'm going to spend my money at a massage therapist and get a nice massage. Right. So, I had a So, very Sasha un- then goes in. I had a very unpleasant experience. And I've already <laughs> been having, like, a pretty terrible week with, like, really good highlights, like, throughout. Yeah. But just a lot of stuff, like, just bringing me down. I also had a headache today. Mm-hmm. I'm very tired. And I just, I've just been kind of, like, annoyed all day. And so, and then also, I'm, like, very uneasy. I'm in this, like, woman's strange house. And so. This woman's strange, fancy-ass house. Right. That could have a murder basement. That's how big it was. We yeah, wouldn't we, hear we them scream. Know. Right. <laughs> and so so I'm already just kind of over it at this point. <laughs> real heckin' like, concerned. Real heckin' just, just 
just done. And so I think she's reading my negative aura because I'm really just fucking over it already. <laughs> like, just over this whole week and, like, was really... If I hadn't taken um, headache medicine, like, right before you got home, I yeah. think I would have been like, and just leave me to die on the couch. Like, <laughs> and then I would have gotten two palm readings. Right. Like, like just... <laughs> Just go, Tell me go more on without about me. me. Tell me about this but, person that I pity and the person who I know who died because I literally know no one who's died recently. Right, and Knock so... Knock on wood, thank goodness. So she starts out with the same, like, can you put your money in your hand? And like, <laughs> oh, bitch wants to be paid up front. Yeah, she's like, let me see that money. And in the back of my head, it's like, bitch better have my money. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the, the next thing was, I have to tell you about your results, oh, whether yeah. they're good or bad. And I'm like... Um, okay. She gave me that, too, and my first thought was, you're not a doctor, you're not doing blood work, and you have to tell me if I've got something bad. Like, you're a psychic, tell me nice things about myself. And so it starts out pretty positive, and I think my wish was, like, I wish to be, like, happier, continue to be happier, or whatever. Yeah. And she was like, okay. That tipped your hand. And that tipped, that tipped, yeah, I, like, totally fucked that up. I should have been, like, I want to travel, or, like... (laughs) I want to pet more cats. Right, like, (laughs) I I hope to, you know, get a dog, or something like that. Whatever it is, you know, just... That's a good wish. And then she'd be like, I have your puppy right Right here! here! Right, and that would have been a great day. And then you would have (laughs) had a golden retriever puppy in your lap for the rest of the time. But, uh, this was a a use of money. (laughs) Maybe not... This was a choice. This was a choice that we made. Um, as I like to say, based on the restaurant we went to after we got our palms read that was a real snoodle doodle a real snoodle doodle (laughs) um and i will talk about the restaurant just a little bit um but uh so it starts out positive you know uh it seems that you know you're very kind you are helpful to others you're patient and but you know you are always helping people in need but there really isn't anyone for you to turn to when you need help and i was kind of like because like all this whole week I've been like having a pretty rough week and I have a lot of people in my corner so I'm like "Mm, no but again doing the same thing like I think you and I were talking about this in the car the attentive listening and being like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh but not realizing Uh like oh am I answering your question yeah she's taking that as I nailed this because like she's like you're quick tempered but only about things that really matter and I go "Uh uh-huh and I meant that like I meant to indicate that I was listening. listening, not that I was in agreement. But right. Oops. Oops. And then she told you my favorite thing. Well, so here's a... <laughs> you know what? You are just... You know, this is going to be hard to hear, but you just are swallowed by negativity. You have this <laughs> negative aura, and now I'm understanding why I had such a hard time <laughs> figuring out your friend. It was because your presence in this room, in this, in this house, in the other room, was negatively impacting your friend. And I was like... <laughs> Bitch, what you said? I know, like, <laughs> what? what? Was she trying to imply that you're the person I feel pity for? Because right. bitch does not know. We've been friends for a decade and a half. Right. Like, you are great and I love you and no. Step off. <laughs> Hold my fucking like, Louis Vuitton earrings. I'm going in. Just, uh, stupid Louis Vuitton earrings. <laughs> but I just, I love it because she told me like I had a negative chakra, but then she told Sasha that she was the cause of my negative chakra. God damn it. <laughs> Like, what would have happened if I brought someone else with Just, me? Were they uh, my bigger shot? Carrie Fisher, help me. Carrie <laughs> Fisher, give us strength. Uh, so, so then she's going on, like, asking me, like, where my life started, like, taking a turn for the worse. <laughs> like, why my life is terrible. And, like, again, yes, I've had, like, a really difficult week, but my life isn't bad. Like, it's just been just unnecessarily stressful lately, but it's not a bad overall life. You've had a bad week, I've not a, a bad, bad life, life time. Yeah. 
And so I'm just, like, getting increasingly annoyed with this bullshit. (laughs) Or as Courtney put it, colorful bullshit. It's very Um, colorful bullshit. And at one point, she, she does tell me that my significant other loves me, even if, like, he can't express it in certain ways or whatever. And I'm like, um... He and I are, like, so corny. We're, like, constantly being, like, like, it's, like, it's really gross and cheesy. It's it's fine. It's it's fine. So I'm, like, um, (laughs) no. Um, And then the other one was, like, you know, my parents are very supportive of me as well. And because she was, like, there's, like, a a sense of man and a woman who've been in your life for a very long time who've been, like, putting you on the wrong path and – did you have a difficult childhood? And I was like, no, I actually had a very nice and privileged childhood. Like, I really love my parents. I get along really well with them. Yeah. Like, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. these people are great people. Really, I see a man and a woman. At this point, I should have been like, I have two moms. <laughs> like, just something like, just like, like throw, throw her off, off, right? Whereas I'm like, I mean, if she had guessed the childhood thing about me, she wouldn't be that wrong. Like, it would have been closer. Right, so... <laughs> so um, she just got the wrong co-host. And so... <laughs> So it just kind of keeps going on this negative turn, and finally she goes, have you ever had a miscarriage or an abortion? And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what? It escalated so quickly. It escalated. We've been what? in the car for a good 15 minutes, and then Sasha goes, she asked me if I ever had a miscarriage or an abortion, and I was like, what? I'm sorry, I'm putting the car in park. What? <laughs> it was the most batshit question. I was like, Ugh. what? And I thought I had a hard time with yeah. what happened to you three years ago that right. ruined your and life, and I'm like, me, nothing? Like, my, my life is just like this gloom and doom, <laughs> and like, we need to do meditation, and we need to do like a spiritual cleanse, and that things are just going to continue to get worse. And I was like, whereas I have the ghost of Carrie Fisher looking out for me. Right, and the weird thing is, and I've had this conversation with many people, like, even though 2017 has been, like, an utter crap shoot globally, yeah. like, for my personal life, it's been really good. Yeah, that's what I, like, like I so... had to fight the impulse when she was like, you don't feel that negativity in your life? And in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, because the United States is going down the shitter. Right. But, like, I, you know, have had a lot of really good progress this year, you know, getting in touch with old friends, like, mm-hmm. doing this podcast with you, you know, finding my significant other, Spending my relationship with my parents cats. is even better, I get to spend more time with these cats. It's been a really good overall 2017. Yeah. And, like, I dyed my hair purple this summer, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a really good look. And For so, sure. So I'm just like, the hell are you talking about? And now that I'm eating this cookie and I took more headache medicine and we ate dinner... Like, I feel a lot better. But here's the most psychic thing that happened to me all day today. This was a pretty incredible. This was a pretty incredible thing. This made me a believer. Right. At least a believer in me. (laughs) Maybe not in this woman. You're my favorite negative aura causer. (laughs) Right, who took our money. Um, That's why I have a negative aura. She asked me to, like, make a wish on my money. money. (laughs) I wish that I don't have to give you this money. (laughs) Boom. Oh, Um, she did come out at the end of the reading. Oh, God. We were literally, like, on our way out the door, and she goes, oh, I do see travel in your future. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I'm going to Australia. (laughs) Right? I travel all the time, just not necessarily. Oh, oh, she was being really pushy, though, about the meditation and everything. She goes, your friend has my number, so you should, you know, just call me back. And I was like, eh. Yeah, she tried to push the daily chakra alignment on me, and I'm like, no. no. Again, I would much rather no. go see a psychiatrist. I could make like, I could make a list of things that I would rather spend my money on. And right. None of them are. Oh, so so the most psychic thing. Oh, yeah. So so again, like I was already pretty run down today, and I was thinking like, what are we gonna eat for dinner? Because I would like us to pick up dinner before we come back home. Right. And I was like, oh man, I'm thinking noodles and company, but I'm worried that Courtney's not thinking noodles and company. And then so I finally go. 
how about Noodles and Company? And Courtney was like, oh my god, I was really hoping you would say Noodles like, and Company. Like, no joke, Sasha was like, do you want to get dinner while we're out and about? And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh god, noodles I hope company, she wants to go to Noodles and Company. Noodles and company. <laughs> I just hope she says Noodles and Company, and I'm like, don't force it, Courtney. Sometimes Sasha wants to eat, like, a Thai food. Yeah, or like, or I want like, soup or something. Or she wants soup or something specific. Yeah. Don't be picky, just let it wash over you, and let's see what's gonna happen. <laughs> we can hope for Noodles and Company, but you know what? We're just gonna, we're gonna roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, we could do that, you know? And then I was like, oh, did you have any specific food in mind? And we hemmed and hawed. And then she goes, how about noodles and company? And that that was the moment I started believing in psychics, y'all. Because because I'm clearly a psychic. My Carrie Fisher is real. <laughs> I'm a psychic. Carrie Fisher is real Carrie and she's Fish- watching over me. She's, I, I feel her in this room. <laughs> That's because she's hanging out with me because she wants positive things for me and to communicate with me. Also, ghost has been hanging around me for a while. Like, what the fuck? How many times do I have to say if you're a ghost, make yourself known to me right. and prove my skepticism wrong that there aren't ghosts that science has, hasn't proved exist? What the fuck? I've given you so many fucking chances and what do you do? Not show up. I'm sorry to yell at you like this, Carrie Fisher. You give me strength and this isn't fair. And I'm taking something out on you that's not your fault. But I need you to understand what the fuck. Make yourself known to me. Also, at th- also at the end of my reading, she did ask me. She's like, are you from this area? And I thought she was just asking, like, do you live around here so you can come and get your chakras realigned at my shop? And I was like, oh, we live just down the road. Um, we've lived here for a couple of years. And she's like, but are you, are you from here? And I was like, oh, standard response. My dad was in the military. We moved a lot. Um, but we kind of settled around here. And she goes, because you look really familiar. You just have one of those faces. I have One, I have one of those faces. And two, the psychic thinks she recognizes me but can't place me. The psychic well, and this is can't also, place me. Like when you made the phone call initially and she was like. She was very dry. She, she was very dry. And then she was also like very suspicious of you. Like calling. Yeah, like how did you get this number? Or she goes, where are you calling from? And I go. My car. My, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm on my cell phone. Thinking it had some recent, like, she couldn't hear me. And she goes, no, I mean, how did you get my phone number? And I'm like, we live down the street and I've seen your sign. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know what, what you want Yeah, what me. do you want from me? And then, like, if you were a, such a good psychic. Like, You'd fucking know. No, right? I isn't drive that, past your sign every isn't day. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? <laughs> yeah. Aren't you supposed to know the name of the person in my life that I feel such pity for, but I've been spending too much time with them? Oh, hey, Zelda. Hey, boop. Um, <laughs> so my cat is now on Sasha's lap. So that was the jingle. And see, how can I be surrounded by a negative aura when I've got cats? I like, know. Who needs auras when you have cats? Carrie Fisher, give me strength. And send me lots of cats. Also, make yourself known to me. Just write me, like, a message in the steam on my bathroom mirror that says, may the force be with you or something. Like, just something real simple. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Just write Obi-Wan Kenobi. But then I'm going to think that it's um, Sir Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. But who it could be. Yeah. I don't know. Did he die recently? What's the worst that could happen that I told you about my reading? Because she was like, don't tell anyone about this reading. And then Courtney was like, oh, she didn't say that to me. No, she did not give me that caveat at all. I think because she was just so flummoxed by that dark aura that's haunting me. (laughs) She just, it stifled her creative energy and she just couldn't figure me out. Right. Um, And then I'm just like such a, like, such a negative Nancy (laughs) that I have to come and get my aura cleansed. It's like, no, I think I just need to take a nap. Yeah, where she's (laughs) like, you have to get your chakras realigned. And I'm like... I think I just need to stretch my back because it's a little sore because I sat weird today. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm fine. Thanks for asking. So that kind of brings us to our topic of today's podcast, which is we're going to go into the history of psychics. We're going to talk about palmistry 
and just have a grand old time. Also part of our fun for the day, I have a very special featured creature. So we decided that for the month of December, since we're doing our very special jingly theme song by William Rankin, we should do Yuletide Monsters. So I found a cryptid from an icy climate. Fun Whoa. fact, there are not a ton of cryptids that are well known in icy climates. Hmm. So today I went easy. Okay. In the future, I may have to go hard out of necessity. <laughs> it's okay. Because, like, some of them were, like, real obscure. I'm, I'm ready for it. Okay. I this did one... appreciate the one that you sent me yesterday. <laughs> I was just like, what was that? What oh, was... yeah. Um, <laughs> while I was doing research, because I was literally just Googling, like, ice monster, which I found out is a chain of shaved ice throughout the United States and Canada and Japan. Ice monster. Ice monster. But then I came across the hot-headed naked ice borer. <laughs> And so I texted Sasha the picture with the caption, what? And she Hot goes- headed naked ice borer. <laughs> pretty sure I've seen that porn. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't watch Carrie porn. Fisher. Carrie Fisher, why? <laughs> why are you letting me say these things and traumatize Sasha? <laughs> Give me messages. Car- no, Carrie Fisher would want me to say Carrie more Fisher would be tickled by- Carrie Fisher's ghost right now is laughing and just like clutching her stomach. She's right. laughing so hard. So oh thank God. you, Carrie thank Fisher. Thank you, Carrie Fisher. Mwah. I can't stay mad at you. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I went simpler this time. I did not do the hot-headed naked ice borer. Spoiler alert, I did. No, I didn't. Okay, let's do this first ever December Yuletide featured creature. Nice. So, I am a giant monster who first emerged in Western pop culture in the 19th century. Mm. So, before the 19th century, I was possibly a figure in buddhist mythology that was seen as a glacier being or possibly a god of the hunt i carried a large stone and made a whooshing sound when i moved okay i'm not momo the fart monster although whooshing sound did sound like him it did and this isn't a thing that may or may not be involved in disney's animal kingdom or maybe it is i played the fifth like you'll see i tried really hard to make this tougher to guess but it's whoosh. i told you you're gonna get this i'm one. gonna get this one you're if you don't get this one i will be flummoxed <laughs> that will be the negative energy that's thrown my chakras out of alignment <laughs> so in 1832 trekker bh hodgson described me as a tall bipedal creature that had long dark hair i was super terrified and totes ran from him but he thought i was an orangutan So, clearly wasn't thinking with his brain. No. In the 20th century, people started trying to scale mountains more, so sightings of me increased. In 1901, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Burry reported seeing me while crossing the Lakpala at 21,000 feet on a particular mountain. And in my notes, because I was trying to make it hard, if I say the mountain, you'll know what I am. (laughs) So, we're just going to call it the mountain. The mountain. So Howard Burry spotted my footprints and thought they were probably caused by a, quote, large loping gray wolf. And his guides said that they were the footprints of the, quote, wild man of the snows, which turned into one of my most common names. My other common name is an amalgam of Tibetan words that mean rock and bear. So I'm either a rock bear or I'm a wild man of the snows. What could I be? We just don't know. (laughs) So in 1951, while trying to scale... Mount Everest. This is where I start giving you harder and easier clues because I know I've stumped you. Um, Eric Shipton took some photos of giant footprints in the snow at about 20,000 feet above sea level. Since then, things that were allegedly my scalp, hair, and other bits have been analyzed microscopically. There's suspicion that I'm just a big bear, a prehistoric bear, a Himalayan brown bear, or a Tibetan blue bear. I'm probably a bear. I come up in pop culture a lot. 
in things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as the Bumble, sci-fi movies, Disneyland's Ride the Matterhorn, and Expedition Everest, <laughs> and the film Monsters, Monsters Inc., Inc., where I'm voiced by John Ratzenberger. Yes. Who am I? John Ratzenberger. I am John Ratzenberger, <laughs> whose name it's, in Tibetan means snow bear, or rock bear. You're the Yeti, and that character is so funny to me, because I've seen Monsters, Inc. in Japanese, uh-huh. and when the, um, when the... <laughs> Yeti comes back with the snow cones, uh-huh. and they all look, and he goes, no, oshiko janayo, lemon, <laughs> lemon, <laughs> it's not pee, it's lemon, it's, it's pee? lemon, <laughs> it um, just cracked me up so much as a small child, but yes, you are a Yeti. I'm a Yeti, I put in my notes, Yeti ob. Ob. Um, I fig- yeah, like I said, I figured I'd go easier. I thought for a second I'd be able to get away with doing Wendigo, because there is a part of the legend oh, that yeah. involves ice, but it's because... After the ice and snow have melted, and I'm like, no, no, put that ice so, and snow back. So actually, let's talk about the Wendigo for just a minute. Sure. Um, the video game Until Dawn is set in like some you know ski chalet in in Canada, cool. and they have to go up a snowy mountain to get to this house, but. The mountain is infested with Wendigos, so they're running through the snow nickel. away from the Wendigos. I don't know that I recommend this game because it was very obnoxious. But Remy Malik is it? Though. Oh, damn it! <laughs> Long pause Long. on our non-visual podcast. podcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, Remy Malik is in it as Ooh. well as um, oh goodness, Hayden Pantier. And my brother and I played it with the express goal to save Hayden Panettiere no matter what. Like, we don't care if anyone else in the game died. We needed to save Hayden. And in the last 30 seconds of the game, we got Hayden killed. Damn. Yeah, I know. It was it was like nine hours not well spent. <laughs> <laughs> we had to fight off so many Wendigos. It was so annoying. Thinking of... Speaking of thinking of Spings, what is wrong with me thinking of Spings? I don't know. I'm drunk. I just had a full glass of the Blackberry wine, which is Manischewitz, and we endorsed it highly last week. Right. Oh, what are we endorsing this week? Manischewitz. Manischewitz. Again. Again. But louder. But also and drunker. orange chocolate. Milano's. Milano's. Ooh, girl. Ooh, they're girl. good. One of my favorite combos is like that dark chocolate with mm-hmm. orange. So I saw these. I also got the toasted marshmallow ones, but I was like, orange and orange chocolate. Orange and chocolate right now. So we're brought to you today, not really by Manischewitz wine, which is what I'm drunk on. Just to, kidding. I'm just tipsy. Although I did say spinking of things or yeah. whatever the fuck I just said. And Pepperidge Farm. And Pepperidge Farm. When you're Farm. spinking of things, spink <laughs> about Pepperidge Farm. And Carrie Fisher and giving you strength. So spinking of... Spinking of things. What... We're going to talk about is palmistry, psychics, and tarot readings. So I'm going to kick us off by talking about palmistry and psychics, and then we're going to have Sasha finish us out by talking about tarot and maybe trying to read my tarot cards. And she'll probably do a better job than the psychic we just paid money to. I was going to say, you're probably also going to do a much better job explaining palmistry and like sharing knowledge about palmistry. I do kind of want to, based on my research, try and read your palm. That would be really cool. Because I'm probably going to do a better job. Oh my god, your aura is so negative! <laughs> How many miscarriages have you had? <laughs> Christ! Oh, that's such an invasive question! Like, what the hell? Also, there's nothing wrong with that! There's like, these are, these are choices and things that happen to people! Right, Speaking of things! So, where did palmistry even start? We just don't, don't know. know. We really don't. 
Seriously. It probably possibly originated in India, but it's one of those things that has just been around for so long Mm -hmm. that we don't really know when it started because it's kind of always been around. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as long as we can remember, people have been doing this. So there's no clear instance of, well, you know, in 400 BC, so-and-so wrote a tablet about reading the hand. It's just kind of always been there. It possibly began in ancient India tied with Roma traditions of Mm -hmm. fortune telling. So it's also called chiromancy or chirosophy. Mm I guess that's how you pronounce it. Um, It was very common in the ancient world from Mesopotamia, Persia, Tibet, China, Egypt, and Greece. And in Greece is kind of where it took on a life of its own and really thrived. In medieval England, it was used to determine who was a witch. And then I put in my notes, like everything ever. (laughs) Because seriously, everything means you're a witch. And one of the things they would do is they'd read your palm and determine if you had the devil's mark or whatever. Cool. So they did something kind of mystical to determine if you were doing mystical things. Yeah. The devil's mark, and that's why she yeah, was that's like, why you're yep, such it's only going to get worse. <laughs> that's why you're such a bummer. So what's surprising is that it regained popularity in the 19th and 20th centuries, particularly after Carl Jung, the founder of analytic psychology, did his thing. So a lot oh. of his followers were also pretty into palm reading. Huh. I would not have guessed that these are two things that are linked, but okay. what do I know? Literally nothing. <laughs> I said spinking of things. So, um, it's sort of similar to phrenology, which I know we've talked about on the podcast before. It's a pseudoscience linked to the bumps on your body, specifically your hand. But both old school and modern palm readers rely a lot on educated guesses based on calluses that you have, nail biting if you've got it or if you don't have it, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So, this is a practice called cold reading, Mm -hmm. and that's using high probability guessing and inferring details based on signals from the other person to appear psychic. So, this is where things like micro expressions Mm -hmm. and, oh, you have calluses on your fingertips that usually we see in people who play guitar, so you're clearly playing the guitar a lot. Yeah. So, they'll make extrapolated guesses. So, like, you might tell from, I have this weird burn on my Mm -hmm. pinky, you might go, hmm... I bet she burned herself on a hot glue gun doing some Christmas crafts, which is exactly what happened. And then I would have been like, whoa, you're psychic. But she didn't say that. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. So the other thing that both palm readers and psychics do is called hot reading. So you have hot Mm -hmm. reading and cold reading because you're hot and you're cold. You're yes and you're no. That's the second time today that that song has come up. I will never sing Katy Perry again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, but it's just weird. Yeah. Spooky even. Wow. Carrie Fisher, was this you? (laughs) Knock once for yes. (gasps) That definitely wasn't Sasha. That was the ghost of Carrie Fisher. So, hot reading. Hot reading. Um, So, the palm reader or the psychic or the magician or whoever the fuck is doing Mm -hmm. the predicting uses information that the person doesn't know they have. So, this is the one that's the most, like, cheating. Mm -hmm. The other one, at least there's some skill involved. It's educated guesses and just knowing things about people in general and then applying them to a specific person. This one is either you overhear a conversation... Or you do background research ahead of time, like you know John Smith from the apothecary is going to be in the audience, so you're going to be like, someone here is concerned that they accidentally poisoned someone, and that's going to be the apothecary, because of course it is, he prescribes medicine, he probably worries about that all the time. Yeah. So that's hot reading. So hot reading is kind of the more manipulative Mm. art, and I go into that, I'm going to go into that a little bit more with the psychic section, because... I talk about some prominent psychics and some of the shady shit they've done. So we should have been warned. But we weren't! It was still (laughs) great! I'm so happy and a little buzzed. So modern palm readers classify hands as follows. And this was the one fucking thing 
I wanted to find out tonight. <laughs> you, if you are an earth hand, you have square palms and fingers, thicker coarse skin, and ruddy color. That's not me. Air hands have rectangular palms with long fingers and sometimes protruding knuckles, low-set thumbs, and often dry skin. Mm, also not me. Water hands have long, sometimes oval-shaped palms, but not always oval-shaped, just yeah. long palms, and they have long fingers. That might be me. You might be a water hand. Fire hands are characterized by rectangular palm, flushed or pink skin, and shorter fingers, which I think is me. There's also some things like fire hands and I think air hands have more less defined lines in their hand. So mm-hmm. they'll be they'll be more likely to have like the crisscrossy patterns and not right. a ton of like really deep grooves. Whereas air and water hands have the opposite. Just things like that. And then you have different mounds on the hands. So like you have like a mound of Venus, which correlates with love. You have your lifeline. You have your heart line. You have mm-hmm. all of these things. Allegedly, that's how palmistry works is that they read that but in reality a lot of it is the hot and cold reading so like they see you've been biting your nails so they go your hands are telling me that you're worried about something is everything okay and you're like oh my god they know everything no you've been biting your fingernails Mm -hmm. which is usually a sign of anxiety from psychologist and noted skeptic ray hyman who has a really unfortunate name so no wonder he's a skeptic yeah quote i started reading palms in my teens as a way to supplement my income from doing magic and mental shows When I started, I did not believe in palmistry, but I knew that to sell it, I had to act as if I did. After a few years, I became a firm believer in palmistry. One day, the late Stanley Jacks, who was a professional mentalist and a man I respected, tactfully suggested that it would make an interesting experiment if I deliberately gave readings opposite to what the lines indicated. Mm -hmm. I tried this out with a few clients. To my surprise and horror, my readings were just as successful as ever. Ever since then, I have been interested in the powerful forces that convince us, reader and client alike, that something is so when it really isn't. Right. So a lot of it is just, much like hypnotism, uh, a lot of it is just you get out of it what you put into it. Mm -hmm. So if you go in expecting it to be 100% accurate, they're going to understand you completely, you're going to do the kind of mental gymnastics that gets you to the point that, oh, this all makes sense. Right. Oh, you said that there's a dark and mysterious stranger Mm -hmm. in my life right now. That's probably that guy I bumped into on the train the other day who keeps popping up in my life and gives me a weird vibe. Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to find a way to make it work for you. If you believe in that. Yeah. So, again, you get out of it what you put into it. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at Sasha's hand and determine if she has yeah. an earth, air, water, or fire hand. So, give me them fingers. Yeah. She's measuring my fingers. Give me them fingies. And she's measuring them according to my palm size as well. Okay. So, I think you have long fingers. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Let me look at this side of your hand. Your skin is soft. Good She's job on your soft my skin. Hands. It puts the lotion on its skin. Um, <laughs> not protruding knuckles. I think you're a water hand. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's Google what water hand means. I mean, let me psychically intuit what being a water hand means. I'm not Googling. You're Googling. Right? Get out of my psychic office. I'm buying a three-car garage. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. A lot of this reminds me also, when you said the getting out of it, like what you put into it, mm-hmm. reminds me so much of astrology as well. And mm-hmm. like the mental gymnastics you have to do to be yeah. like, what does my horoscope mean today? Yeah, it's like you're going through a time of uncertainty and you're like, oh my God, I've been going back and forth about whether to buy those expensive shoes. They know. And it's like, like, no, that's a really general statement. We're all going through uncertain times all the time. Right, or you're going to have a, you know, a long and serious conversation with a loved one tonight and this is on Wednesday. That was my horoscope Uh, Wednesday and I was like, 
well, my boyfriend and I are recording a podcast episode tonight. That's a long which, and serious by conversation. The way, I'm plugging this right now. <laughs> Check out the Appa Geeks podcast. I guest hosted the most recent episode. We talked about um, Breath of the Wild and some other video games that mostly that I'm into to get my perspective on it. But we also talked about like Game of the Year and that kind of thing. So if you're into video games, conversations about video games, the Appa Geeks podcast is probably for you. So that was the long and serious conversation I had, That's according to my horoscope. 100% accurate. It was a serious conversation about video okay, games. Okay, so let me see your hands again. I'm going to yes. psychically intuit some things. Hmm, I'm not reading from my phone. Um, <laughs> you're changeable, emotional, intuitive, and sensitive. But sometimes you can be oversensitive. Yeah. You're also caring and impressionable. You're idealistic, highly imaginative, and primarily motivated by feelings. Mm. You're quite flexible with your ideas, but because of that, you're open to the influence of others. Since you're a receptive and artistic person, sometimes you have trouble coping with stress, and you're often happiest when living in a peaceful environment. Yes. Now, I'm a psychic, so I truly believe what I just said, but who the fuck doesn't like living in a peaceful environment? Right? I know. A lot of that stuff was like nail on the head for me, but it was also like... Very broad. But very broad. Anyone could also like these things. I could also be emotional intuitive and sensitive and i like a peaceful environment too i don't want people playing the symbols at 2 a.m right i want to live in a quiet peaceful place exactly which actually reminds me of let me i'm going to tell you a little bit about libras because you and i are this right some of this stuff reminded me of it sure so we're an air element right we're air signs our day of the week is friday which i mean of course it is um our ruler is <laughs> venus um and our strengths include being cooperative diplomatic gracious fair-minded and social that sounds like us yeah right nailing it um our weaknesses is that we're indecisive we avoid confrontations i don't know if that's true and i would fight you on it but i'm just not uh, sure, sure. <laughs> um we will carry a grudge and we did talk about stewing I earlier stew. that's not a libra thing that's a me thing i'm a big stew and um <laughs> self-pity um, I'm just going through a hard time and everyone should feel bad for me right? and my stewing. We like harmony, gentleness. Again, sh- she doesn't. Sharing with others and the outdoors, which I feel <laughs> like you do not like the outdoors. I do not like the outdoors. <laughs> Fuck nature. What has that ever done for me? Um, we- I once said that I worked oh. for a conservation agency for a little bit uh. and um, I once said that jokingly. They were like, yeah, I don't get why people don't care about the environment. And I go, the environment? What's that ever done for me? <laughs> and they go, other than give you a place to live and the air to breathe. And I'm like, oh, no. Did you think I was being serious? serious? Oh, God. <laughs> we also dislike violence, injustice, loudmouths, and conformity. We're peaceful and fair. We hate being alone. Partnership is very important for us. Sure. And we mirror people, and so we also want to be a mirror of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like we are also... Well, it says here we're fascinated by balance and symmetry, which makes sense because Libras are fucking scales. Yeah. Um, and Duh. that we're in a constant chase for justice and equality, realizing through life that the only thing that should be important to themselves um, is in their inner core of our personality. Um, we just really want to avoid conflict and we want to keep the peace wherever possible. And so this is so broad, but these are all very very positive qualities I think all of us should, like, be striving for anyway, regardless of if we're a Libra or not. Yeah. And so that, all that palm stuff, I was like, like, this sounds like a Libra. I'm reading this palm stuff now. I'm reading between earth hand and fire hand because I think I have one of those. And they both kind of sound like me in certain areas. Like, earth hands are practical, conservative, reserved, honest, open, 
responsible, down-to-earth, and reliable. They enjoy repetitive work, they're hardworking, and they're good with their hands. So some of those sound like me. Like, I think I'm down-to-earth and responsible. And you're also crafty, so you work with yeah, your hands. Yeah, I do work with my hands. Yeah. And then the fire hand is an active and passionate type of person, full of energy and often making good leaders, blah, blah, blah. They have strong and well-defined limes, and their palm is normally red and blotchy. My palm's red all the time. I'm action-oriented, ambitious, enthusiastic, and emotional. But I also lack patience, which is kind of true about me. I can get pretty impatient. So they all kind of sound like me because it's painting with a very broad broad brush. So it could be... So again, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So that led to sort of the rise and fall and then kind of rise again of psychics. Mm -hmm. So what are psychics? We just don't know. I'm just kidding. We know what psychics are. They um, take your money and tell you bullshit. <laughs> and they tell you Colorful a bunch of, bullshit. They tell you that your podcast co-host is dragging you down and that you should cut him loose. Um, <laughs> so, I, now's a bad time to talk about this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While we're recording. So they got really popular, Psychics did, um, in the US and the UK around the 19th century when modern spiritualism popped up. But obviously fortune telling has been around for basically forever. People believed that mediums could contact the dead to get insights about insights about the living, and it thrived from 1840 to 1920 and was primarily popular among the middle and upper classes. So people would go to trance lecturers, they would attend meetings, and they would read different periodicals, newspapers, whatever, about anything that had to do with the spiritual during that time. Mm-hmm. So interestingly enough, many spiritualism followers were women, And it was a surprisingly progressive movement for the Mm. time. Largely, they were abolitionists who didn't want slavery anymore. Right. And they believed in women's suffrage as well. Huh. Which I was like, I did not expect that of spiritualists, but here we are. Um, Almost reminds me also of, like, kind of the the free-spiritedness of, like, Wiccans. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, like, the flower people in the 60s. Like, they're just like, hey, everybody chill. Right. Um, So, spiritualists credit March 31st, 1848 as the beginning of their movement, because that's when Kate and Margaret Fox of Hydesville, New York, said that they had contacted a spirit. So the the spirit communicated through rapping noises, which could be heard by onlookers too, and that was a fucking gold mine because Americans loved that there was this concrete evidence that they could experience too. So they were like, "This has to be legit. I can hear the knocking too. This is right. a real thing." In 1888, the Fox sisters admitted that they made the whole thing up, that it was all a fraud, mm. but then they eventually recanted that right. admission. They were like, "No, we were J.K. Law about that one," and it's like, "Yeah, okay." Mm. So after that, it was, to read directly from my notes, Mm -hmm. it was on much like Donkey Kong. So mediums started coming out of the woodwork, and they would hold seances and practice automatic writing, which is when people would just write without thinking about what they were writing. And then the thought was either a spirit would take hold of their hand, or that by letting their subconscious take over, it would reveal thoughts or messages from Mm. the beyond that their consciousness was blocking. Mm -hmm. So if you just, like, write, eventually it would be like, Hi, this is Carrie Fisher. I'm sorry that I wasn't obvious before. Yeah. So once the field got pretty crowded with mediums, because everybody was a fucking medium at a certain point, no larges, no smalls, just mediums, um, showmanship became an integral part of it. So if you didn't have flashy evidence that you were summoning up the ghosts, people were not here for it. And this it. is around the same time that Mark Twain is, like, writing mm-hmm. these letters and being, like, read my palms. Yes. Yeah. So Mark Twain was actually a big deal in spiritualism, and mm-hmm. a lot of prominent people were. It was yeah. a very popular thing among the middle and upper classes. Mm-hmm. This led to my favorite sentence that I have ever read in an online article for this podcast. And to quote directly from Wikipedia, quote, <laughs> Despite numerous instances of chicanery, the appeal of spiritualism was strong. (laughs) 
and I'm going to get that tattooed on my body. Good. <laughs> Numerous instances of chicanery. Chicanery. So even though fraud was everywhere and very public, like there were public commissions, they were published, whatever Mark Twain outed someone as being a fake psychic, mm-hmm. it was a big fucking deal and everybody knew about it. But even with all of that, people were still swarming to psychics. Right. There were commissions to prove that many were fraud, and some were even, like, brought up on charges in court, mm-hmm. but it still persisted. Yeah. Part of the appeal was that both booms in the movement were post-Civil War and then post-World War One. Mm-hmm. So, so many people lost someone without the opportunity to say proper goodbye. They uh, were able to say their farewell, yeah. that they were desperate to just have any kind of closure where they could just right. see their long-lost son, father, whoever one more time and say, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I hope you're in a better place. Yeah. I love you. Whatever. Yeah. So among the people who were doing this were um, Mary Todd Lincoln, who would hold seances in the White House to contact her son, which I think we talked about a little bit in our DC episode. And often Abraham Lincoln would sit in. And then, yeah, again, after World War I, all the horrible violence and casualties, people seek comfort wherever they can. Right. So some prominent psychic groups include the Ghost Club, of which Charles Darwin was a member. Oh. And this ghost club's point was to find scientific evidence that would either prove or disprove spiritualism. They were chill with it either way. They just wanted some science. There was the Society for Psychical Research, which sought to separate the real psychics from the fake ones. And that was established in London in 1882. And it also set up a committee on haunted houses, which is also a great thing. <laughs> so some famous psychics include Miss Cleo. Um, we've yeah. all heard of her. She died last year, actually. And she practices a medium under several different names, even despite investigation for fraud and predatory advertising. Because after a while, particularly with the dawn of the internet, people would get emails saying, Miss Cleo has done this special tarot reading just for you, Sasha. Click here and give us your credit card information. Right. And then the last thing that I want to talk about, I do have a link here that I'm going to pull up from Chillipedia.com. Because I can only do research if it ends in Pedia. Chicanery. Chicanery. Carrie Fisher, give me chicanery. (laughs) So these are six psychics who predicted real life events. And I'm not going to include among them because he's full of shit. I told you, I wanted to talk about John Edwards. With John Edwards, he hosted a show. You've probably heard of him. I watched it a lot when I was younger and home during the summer just because it was on in the middle of the day. Yeah. On a channel that the TV was set to. (laughs) So John Edwards had a show called Crossing Over with John Edwards. And he he claimed that his show was the real deal because they don't ask the audience for any info before the reading at all. It's all just pure straight psychicism. They don't ask you questions. They're not doing cold reading guesses. It's right. pure. Except they have the audience fill out a questionnaire about who they're trying to contact. Oh. And I find that really exploitative. Like, yeah. it's one thing for people to seek you out and to pay you money to, like, tell me nice things or I'm going through a crisis. Give me some comfort. Whatever. Right. But he's capitalizing on people's personal tragedies for his own gain and his own fucking tv show yeah he even planned a special in which he'd meet with families who lost someone during september 11th oh that's so exploitative yeah and he actually that special never aired and never happened because people found out about it and they were so horrified because yeah. it was rec- it was within like two months of right. the attacks happening he was trying happening. to exploit it and make try- money out of september 11th he was trying to find oh. families who were fucking devastated that this happened to them uh. and say oh don't worry i can contact your daughter no. um just be on my tv show so he is full of shit he and if you're listening john edwards i don't give a fuck <laughs> so you have the psychic twins who allegedly predicted oh, yeah. september 11th And they also predicted that JFK Jr. would die in a plane accident. But I think those were lucky guesses. You have Edgar Case, 
um, who was known as the Sleeping Prophet, and he was a psychic advisor to President Woodrow Wilson, George Gershwin, and Thomas Edison, and he also predicted both the beginning of both World Wars and the Great Depression. Oh. Which are things that you could do by reading the newspapers and being a savvy human person. But, sure. You know, yeah. it's up to you. So, in 1938, he predicted that a portion of, quote, the temples of Atlantis would be discovered beneath the ocean surface somewhere in, quote, 68 or 69. The underwater formation known as the Bimini Road was discovered in 1968, true to Case's predictions. I think that's giving him a lot of credit. That's not Atlantis. That's a thing under the ocean. Right. <laughs> Too much credit. Yep. Then you have my boy, Mark Twain, who, even <laughs> though he wasn't a psychic, he did, and I forgot to mention this when we talked about him, but we did go into it in the trial. Yeah. He had a dream in which he saw his brother in a coffin. Oh. And okay. <laughs> it freaked him out, and he was like, the fuck? Like, whatever. And then his brother died within a few weeks in a boating accident. And when he attended his brother's funeral, he saw his brother's corpse exactly as it had been in his dream. And then he also predicted his own death, which I also forgot to mention, but did they did go over when we toured his house. Yeah. He was born in a year when Halley's Comet could be seen in the night sky, so he predicted that he would die when the comet was once again visible. And he was born in 1835, and he died in 1910 when Halley's Comet returned. That's weird. So he, I'm uncomfortable. He heavens gated hard. Yeah. He actually did. He went, He's living among the stars now. I'm just kidding. That's not a real thing. Uh, um, uh, uh. So then you have Peter Herkos, uh -huh. who was a Netherlands psychic. He helped solve 27 murder cases in over a dozen countries. And he was reportedly able to reconstruct crime scenes and identify perpetrators simply by being present. Because he was the murderer. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, he solved 27 murders and he was like, oh yeah, my bad. I did this one too. I wish. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ugh, he saw 27 who... at once because he just came forward. <laughs> He's like, BG Dubs, I'm a serial I'm killer. I'm a serial killer. You're welcome. I'm Black I'm Hood. The, I am the best psychic. We need to get caught up on Riverdale. We we do. <laughs> um. So then you have Jean Dixon, but it might be Jean. I don't know. Mm -hmm. She most famously predicted that John F. Kennedy would be assassinated. She wrote about it in 1956, seven years before it happened. And then she also predicted in 1971 she advised Richard Nixon on possible terrorist attacks in America. Yeah, but I feel like every single presidency that there has been, someone's like, oh yeah, this president's going to be assassinated at some point. I mean, and yeah. Then, so that way, if it does happen, then you'd be like, I called it. Nailed it. Nailed it. I know there is a psychic who every year gives predictions for the next year, and I used to be a member of an online community that would then take all of the predictions from the previous year and at the end of the year go through and mark which ones were right and they were taking really broad swings like the one year that i read through all of it it was like predicting rihanna will date a baseball player and that was the year she dated that baseball player and then it, it, <laughs> but it also predicted rihanna will date a music star rihanna will date a businessman rihanna will date and it's like that's everyone you're, you're taking swings <laughs> rihanna will date a teacher rihanna's gonna date whoever she wants to date and it's just gonna so happen that rihanna will date so and so like it's not whatever right. she's taking very broad swings or like um, here are a bunch of aging movie stars right like, let me put this on the list of celebrities who are gonna die this year right like so and so is gonna die because there are 90,000 and it's a miracle right? they're still alive I could make a prediction every year that Stan Lee is gonna die yeah because he's 90 whatever yeah and it's like yes he will have to die at some like, point like I think on that one they had Hugh Hefner will die and I'm sure they made that same prediction every year and that motherfucker just died <laughs> yeah because he was old and that's what people do, do when they get old your body gets up or like if you're on a lot of drugs yeah like it happens. it happens it's fine 
And then we have our famous, our most famous, Nostradamus, our, Nostradamus, our homeboy. Nostradamus. So he did actually, he did got a lot of, get a lot of things right, but it does kind of require that you interpret his poetic license. Yeah. So this quatrain is supposed to predict something that happened in the world. This is something that you're familiar with. Okay. So I'm going to read it to you, and you're going to try and guess what this historical event is. Out of the deepest part of the west of Europe, from poor people a young child shall be born, who with his tongue shall seduce many people, his fame shall increase in the eastern kingdom. Hitler? Yep. (laughs) Fucking Hitler. Again, that could... Yeah, that could literally be anybody. Like, that could be about someone... Yeah, it could have been about Mussolini. It could have been about just some businessman who was born to a poor family and then, like, grew to be too big and then his products were all around the world. Like, it could be about Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. He was adopted. Yeah. He came from a poor family and then with his tongue shall seduce many people because look at the cult of Apple today. And his fame shall increase in the Eastern Kingdom. Those phones are all over the world. Right. It could be anybody. It could literally be anybody. Yeah. So, again, I think a lot of psychics, it's just... A bunch of hooey. A bunch of hooey that it's a wide enough guess that it could be true. And that you could see it being true. It's not like they're just going to be like, you're going to have an experience this year. It's just specific enough to make it sound like they're giving you a parcel of information that they could only know because of supernatural things. But if you don't get caught up in it and you don't let yourself, like, just let it wash over your palate... Mm. And you just think about it critically for a second. Of course she sees travel in my future. I mean, I go to work every day. That could be considered travel. Right. My mom lives on the other side of the country. I go to visit my mom. My best friend lives several states away. I go to visit her. I'm going to Australia in February. It's a safe bet that at some point in my future, I'm going to travel. Because doesn't everyone at a certain point in their life, even if they're just going two towns over, don't we all travel, travel somewhere? somewhere. Like, that's a safe bet. Yeah. And this whole, like, your life is only going to get worse from here thing is like, no, I'm going to be petty and make sure my life doesn't get any worse from here. <laughs> and then when you're in your house. It's also not a bad life that I'm leading yeah. right now. And then when you're in your house with your three-car garage, you're going to call her up and be like, who's miserable now? And hang up the phone. Get and, dunked on. And she's going to be like, who's this? Do I know you? Um, you should, because you're a psychic. Don't call me at two in the morning. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Not psychic. So, Sasha, do you want to take us into some tarot? Yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to draw three cards okay. from my deck. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go into it just a little bit of the history really briefly. Okay. So, so any of these three cards? Any any of the cards, just okay. pick three. Yep. According to some historians, um, the first traditional tarot cards um, were seen around the 13 late 1300s uh, having been brought over from um like islamic societies where so this is just in the in the western sphere yeah but then over time they were really more like you know playing cards but around the 17 late 1700s early 1800s probably about the same similar time to like when palmistry okay. and all of that was you know starting to boom was when you know tarot started also being used more for like divination and you know the kind of the fun spooky stuff like you it, know i want to see my future it tarot's from the ashes uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> i love that you were fake laughing and then that made you laugh it actually made me laugh so um because we are sh- a little short on time i'm just going to do a very simple three card reading um, i picked my three cards and they're pick- hopefully winners all right we'll see and so a three card spread is a very easy one to read because it's really just looking at the past, the present, and the future. Okay. And so you've picked your cards, and I'm actually going to be using a guidebook called The Mythic Tarot. 
And Sasha, you already had this book in your library, did you not? I already owned this book. (laughs) When I was in middle school, um, my cousin, or yeah, when I was in middle school, my cousin, who's two years older than me, was kind of into, I think I've said this before, about like healing crystals and all of that, right? And so the same cousin got me a gift card to her favorite mythic, you know, Earth Mama type store. <laughs> I believe the store was called the Earth Mama. And it, it, just in Fairfax. Oh. Like, it was just like in Old Town Fairfax. Awesome. Um, Field trip. So so my, my mom took me and we were browsing and I just bought like a basic kit. It was the tarot cards yeah. and this book called The Mythic Tarot. And actually since then, actually, this year I bought another tarot deck because I liked the artist who made it. Uh-huh. And I, there are a couple artists I follow on the internet who just like will make tarot entire suites oh. just for fun. The suite itself is going to be made of two sort of two major uh, two parts. Okay. The major arcana, which are the greater secrets, and the minor arcana, which is the lesser secrets. And, and are the, is secrets just the word they use for like what it's going to tell you? Yeah, what it's going to tell you. Okay. So the major are the magician, the high priestess, the empress, the emperor, the hierophant, the lovers, the chariot, strength, the hermit, wheel of fortune, justice, hanged man, death, temperance, the devil, the tower, the star, the moon, the sun, judgment, the world, and the fool. Damn. So these are 22 cards and they're all numbered with Roman numerals. Okay. Um, and then the minor arcana is another 56 cards, but they're divided into four suits of 14 cards each. Ten numbered cards and four court cards. The court are king, queen, knight, and page or jack, depending. And then, and those are in each of the tarot suits. And then everything else is the swords, batons, or wands, coins, and cups. And so all these are numbered. So, you know, your tarot deck is going to be pretty big. Um, Some only do the major arcana. Others add in the minor as well. So you have drawn first the three of wands. (gasps) Second... The Two of Pentacles. That sounds bad. And finally, the third is the Empress. Ooh, that sounds good. So, <laughs> so um, the Three of Wands would be your past, the Two of Pentacles would be your present, and the okay. Empress would be your future. Cool. So, the Three of Wands... Queen of the world. <laughs> That's what that means, Let's right? see. Um, so, we'll start with Three of Wands, and according to my guide, the Mythic Tarot... <laughs> <laughs> which I'm just really excited that I still like it was just still like on my bookshelf at my parents house and aren't you glad you get to use it today? I'm so glad I get to use it today <laughs> um on a divinatory level okay the three of wands implies a stage of initial completion of a creative idea or project hmm. good foundations have been laid enthusiasm is high and there is a feeling of satisfaction and optimism about the future potential of the project but there is also hard work ahead and new plans which must be put into action before the full pr- promise can be realized okay so I feel like that's a really good that's, past yeah. card it's saying that you know you've accomplished a lot and there's still lots to accomplish okay i like the future it's better than our fucking psychic right (laughs) so then we've got the two of pentacles okay okay again on a divinatory level the two of pentacles heralds a time when money and energy are likely to be available for new projects that might lead to a rewarding future but you Uh must be willing to put your resources to work taking risks and using capital rather than hoarding and saving at a time when new opportunities arise don't tell me how to hoard my money (laughs) (laughs) thus thus the two of pentacles is likely to be a welcome card to those who know how to play with money so it just might be i'm thinking you're going on trips in the future it's also the christmas season right now and so you're thinking about gifts and whatnot and then maybe thinking ahead to you know what you're going to do with your 2018 you know that kind of thing so you've got a lot of better about spending money in 2018 now right Right, yeah, so it seems like you, you'll be good with money. And then Thanks. finally, the future... Queen of the world. The Empress. 
Um, and so the Empress, my guidebook goes into like great history about it. And um, this version of my cards is looking at the Empress as Demeter. So the Earth oh. Mother, ruler of all nature and protectress of young defenseless creatures. Yes, queen. Um, and <laughs> so on the inner level, the image of Demeter, the Empress reflects the experience of mothering. But that does not necessarily mean like actually like gestation and birth and like, whatever. I got some right? bad news for but you, it Mythic means Tarot. also to... <laughs> discovering yourself as something that merits care um, and being kind of rooted in nature and rooted in a natural life um, and that without the great mother within us we can't bring anything to fruition for this is the side which has patience and gentleness to wait until the time is ripe for action without her we cannot appreciate our physical selves but instead live disconnected in a purely intellectual world without any grounding or respect for reality And then if you were in the, you can also think of this as also like the feeling of safety and trust in your own life. Oh, yeah. those are good feelings. So I like those. on a divinatory level, the appearance of the Empress in a spread so in the future, yeah. it suggests the onset of a more earthy phase of life. Okay. It could be something like, and this is why I was like laughing no. earlier, the ma- marriage or the birth of a child might occur. No. Or the birth of a creative child or an artistic offspring. More on board with that one. Um, <laughs> because this requires you to nurture the great mother which okay. is nurture yourself to create a creative okay. project right i'm more so, on board with that i'm not so any through, <laughs> through the card we enter the realm of the body and the instincts as a place of both peace and stagnation okay life giving and life suffocating Yikes. so we want to make sure that we're nurturing ourselves in the future that's nice yeah I like isn't that. that nice you got a really nice one i'm just gonna throw this out there that took you what like two minutes to read my cards right i paid you no dollars <laughs> no and i feel better than i did after my psychic right reading. and so i actually i actually drew three cards <laughs> for myself um and it was the knight of swords for my past the world and the emperor and so for the night we're gonna get married in the new year no i don't think we are you're the (laughs) emperor and i'm the empress no i don't think that's how that works fine Um, reject my tarot (laughs) proposal i see how it is so um it seems that the knight of swords for like my past is more, it's time for me to be prepared for sudden changes which break apart the ordinary patterns of life. Interesting. And so this, these changes might be inaugurated by an individual coming into one's life who possesses the quicksilver, fascinating and disruptive qualities of the Dioscuri, or make, may take the form of a new idea or vision which erupts from within oneself and throws ordinary life into disorder for a time. Interesting. So thus when the Knight of Swords appears from without or within, his gift is the ability to move with changes and the turbulence which he brings may ultimately lead to a broader vision of life. So that was my past card. I'm trying to think of like what great interruption have I had in my life. And all I can think of is is a good interruption that like my significant other yeah. is like, you know, he's sort around. of like he's around, but he also like sort of like put like my life had kind of stagnated. And yeah. I was just like now I'm like out and about and like doing things. Because I couldn't think of anything else that I could like Interesting. You know, it's kind of the opposite jump, of right? mine too. Yeah. So then my mine is like the foundation is laid and yours is like everything got disrupted. disrupted. Yeah. <laughs> Which is but it's like disrupted in a good way. Yeah. Then my so that's my past. My present is there the is a world. naked person on that card. There is a naked person on this card. I'm really <laughs> Are you showing me porn, Sasha? I'm not showing you porn. She's showing me porn. Um, so on a divinatory level, the card of the world, when it appears, will appear at a time of achievement and integration. This can be a tr- period of triumph at the successful conclusion of a matter or reaching a goal which has been worked hard for. Okay. Um, but this peak is merely a glimpse of something mysterious and elusive. Ooh. And the dancing hermaphroditus, which I think <laughs> is what you're looking at, okay, becomes the great fetus who eventually emerges from the cave. What is with all the, the fool, fetuses? Right? Um, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. So basically like, 
I'm in a successful time, I guess. Yeah, or, something you know, good is about to. Yeah, something good. Like, I'm, I'm in a good place, yeah. I guess. Um, and then finally, my last card for my future is the Is this going to be about your super dark aura? No, this is not going to be about my super dark aura. Again, I'm, like, doing these three <laughs> cards, and I already feel so much better. I know, right? And this was free. And this was free, because I already had the book <laughs> and the cards. And you bought it with a gift card. <laughs> when I was, like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> so it's paid for itself. It's already paid for itself, right? <laughs> so on a divinatory level, Zeus, the emperor, um, will have a con- confrontation with the issue of the father principle in both its positive and negative forms. Hmm. We are challenged to make something manifest, uh, con- make something like a creative idea, concrete, or build something in the world to found a business, perhaps, or establish the structure of a home or family. We are asked to take a standpoint to be effective and powerful, formulate ideas and ethics. We are also asked to consider whether the creative young king has become rigid, oppressive tyrant, or where, um, and if our ideologies are interfering with, interfering with life and growth. When the fool meets the emperor, um, he will learn to confront worldly life with his own resources alone, and then he can progress on his journey with the certainty that he can be effective in life because there's something higher in which he believes and whose authority himself now embodies. So it's almost like you figure out what mm-hmm. you believe in, like what you like, you know, what your fe- kind of like what you what you your, like, like your morals, your, your core, core values. values, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that's my future is like that's... creating a family or creating a life for like a successful like building yourself a life. Place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Right? I feel so much better. (laughs) (laughs) And then the fourth card is you're a super bummer. Right. But, you know. Is there a super bummer card? There probably is, but most of these things are like, you know, things might not be good right now, but But they can be good, better. Like, you can think of. Yeah, yeah. because even with the Zeus one where it's like, you know, is he become too rigid in his ways? There's the, the hope that, like, if you recognize that you're too rigid in your ways and you need to make a change, you can right. do that. You can do that, it's yeah. It's not just like, well, you need to spend $100 and I'm going to burn some sage near your head. So, I'm feeling pretty good about this three-card tarot reading. Yeah, that was when nice. We, when we have more time, I can always do, like, a much broader one for yeah. you. Or a yeah, bigger we'll do, one. We'll we do, do tarot one. check-in. Right? That was, so, that was good. Yeah. And I noticed, were they always Greek gods on there? Do you know? Um, I think this... Or is it just this deck? Uh, I think it differs from, um, actually, country to country, or, like, what what the type of... Because they were talking about, like, French cards, Italian cards, occult tarot cards. So the occult ones were the, you know, these major arcana, minor arcana, but it doesn't necessarily have to be... Demeter or have to be Zeus. Yeah, so those it are just, just be my, like my cards. Mother and lightning god. Yeah, so my card tends my card set is like like Greeks. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So Well that was yeah, that mythology. was a good way. That's a nice note to end on. Right? Like I know. We're it's so lifted much, back up lifted after being pounded down. By a freaking palm reader. <laughs> so Who didn't even read our fucking palms. palms right? She read our spiritual whatever. <laughs> So that's been a little bit longer spoof hour. But this but is this is our 13th episode. This is our 13th episode. Some bonus content for you all, I guess. Yeah, um, and um, if you want your tarot cards read, email us. But to pay Sasha for it, <laughs> you have to tell us a ghost story that you've experienced or that your friend has experienced. And if you would like to email us, it's spoophour at gmail.com. S-P-O-O-P-H-O-U-R at gmail.com. And our Twitter is also spoophour, S-P-O-O-P-H-O-U-R. Yep. Um, special thanks to Podknife for yes. including us uh, this week. Yeah, just yep. just the other day, um, adding us to uh, their kind of archives, their registry. Yeah. So you guys can um, and find us there and leave reviews we have some exciting stuff on the horizon in terms of we're going to be reaching out and connecting to some other podcasts and just 
getting more involved in this new community that we're a part of. Mm -hmm. And we have some exciting days ahead. Also, I'd like to send a special thank you to William Rankin again for writing us our holly Mm -hmm. jolly Christmas music. Yep. And I guess a second plug, check out uh, the Apple Geeks podcast where I guested last week. You'll hear her Um, voice. And you'll hear me talk about video games. And we're going to hopefully have um, Jack of Apple Geeks come and talk to us again at some point about video games it would be great but spooky but video spooky games. video games and we've we've got stuff about spooky video games yep so we'll see you so we'll see you next yeah. week bye ho 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 don't go see a psychic <laughs>